Welcome to Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker. It is Friday, Friday, the 12th of February, 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 February. That's just, it's one of those weird things where I don't think most people in the United States pronounce that right. I, you know, we, 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 February, Feb, February, we, we go February and it's, it's not, there's no w sound in there, right? It's just February, February. February. I don't know. Anyhow, you can get go down a rat hole trying to to say February. February. Who knows? It's crazy stuff. This is ooh. This is the one hundred and ninety eighth episode. Episode one hundred ninety eight. That means next week we're gonna kick it up over two hundred. Hard to believe that we've been doing this that long, but that's pretty cool. So if you've been sticking with us, we appreciate it. Uh, if you're new to the show, we appreciate you too. We're just very appreciative around here. Erin's um, going to be joining me in just a minute as she closes things down in the radio station and and goes mobile, and she will then join the conversation. Um, we were talking uh, presidents and presidential bobbleheads. It is President's Day on Monday, so... Uh, the post office and banks will probably be closed, most of them, and uh, all you teachers working from home get a day off. And uh, so, yeah, I said I wanted a Warren Gamaliel Harding bobblehead. Not because I necessarily am a fan of Warren Gamaliel Harding. I just like saying Gamaliel. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he was president from uh, March 4th, 1921 to August 2nd, 1923, uh, he was uh, a single man who who died in office, and uh, and so uh, yeah, he had a heart attack, and he was succeeded by Silent Cal Calvin Coolidge. So um, yeah, he gained his reputation as a small government conservative and as a man who said very little and had a very dry sense of humor. Sounds like my kind of guy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he stayed in office then, uh, through 1929 and, uh, and then, uh, was followed by Herbert Hoover, who was basically there when the, uh, when the economy just took a dump. <laughs> so, so yeah, so Coolidge got to be president through the roaring twenties and everybody thought everything was going hunky dunky dory. Right. Uh, and, uh. And then he left and it all went. So I guess that's the way it goes, huh? You know, I think we give presidents too much blame and too much credit. Uh, But that said, this week in presidential history is officially over. Let's get on with what's going on in the world. So uh, apparently a doctor who was fired for throwing some vaccine away says that he didn't want to waste the vaccine. A a Houston doctor fired for allegedly stealing doses of the vaccine said he's not a villain and that news reports around the world, uh, that that news reports around the world make him out to be. Hassan Gokal tells the New York Times that after a nurse uh, punctured an 11 dose vial to administer a vaccination at an event to vaccinate emergency workers, uh, 
it was winding down, he figured out what to do with the remaining doses before they expired within hours. He was supervising the event, says health workers and post office officers at the site either turned him down or had already been vaccinated. He says that after a Harris County official approved his plan to distribute the remaining doses, he started calling people in his phone's contact list on his drive home to find eligible recipients. Uh, he said he, he vaccinated nine mostly elderly p- people, including a woman in her 90s, but had one dose left after the final recipi- recipient called soon before the deadline to say that they couldn't make it to his home. He says that with minutes to spare, he vaccinated his wife, who was a pulmonary, whose pulmonary condition made her eligible. Gokul says he told her, I didn't intend to give this to you, but I'm a half, in a half hour, I'm going to have to dump this down the toilet. Um, he was fired days after he told his supervisor about the vaccinations and submitted the paperwork. He says he told officials that he, or officials told him that he should have brought the doses back to the office where they would have expired or been thrown away. He was accused of stealing vaccine doses worth $135, and a judge dismissed the charge days later, but local district attorney plans to present it to a grand jury. So he says... He was just trying to save them from being thrown away. They say he stole them and ran off and and vaccinated people who shouldn't have been. Um, so, you know, and they should be able to check the paperwork to see who he do, who he actually vaccinated and whether or not he's telling the truth if he was vaccinating people that he you know that were uh, eligible. You know, now there were people that were in his uh, his contacts, which means they're people he knew. And so, you know, they got bumped to the top of the list just because he found these this vial that had some doses left in it. That, you know, begs some questions, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, here's Aaron. Hello. Hello, hello. How art thou? Oh, I am. I am good. It's not raining at the moment. Uh-huh. Do you and, smell uh, uh, you smell the diner when you came out today? I did not, and I think that's maybe because it has been. I mean, obviously, if there's rain on my car, so it was raining while we were on the on the right. radio. Right, Keep, keeps the smell from drifting too far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I was thinking the other day. It's a good thing that they don't open up and start their kitchens uh, before you're going in, because can you imagine having smelled all that and then go in and sit down and have to to do the radio show and your stomach's going <laughs> rawr, rawr, rawr. <laughs> like that's torture. Right? Yes, but not torture like you know, like like uh, you know the Holocaust because I don't want to get fired. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was reading about this doctor in uh, Houston that got fired for stealing, allegedly stealing doses of Corona vaccine. He says that he that a nurse punctured an eleven dose vial that was going to have to be thrown away. And so he started calling people in, or he says that he actually uh, uh, talked to a Harris County official and, uh, and they said, yeah, go ahead and do that. So he just called people in his contact list that were eligible. So either by age or by, by uh, whatever their situation was and, uh, and just, you know, get the doses out rather than throw them away. And then he went to go file the paperwork saying these people had their first dose, so let's make sure they're on the list for the second doses. And they said, well, why were you doing that? And they fired him. Wow, he's got a lawsuit. Seriously. Well, maybe not in Texas, but, I mean, if you're doing – if the Harris County public uh, – you know, the public health officials gave you the option 
to to do that. They 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 blessed it. Why would they fire you? How could they fire you over it? You know. Yeah. How so either either you? his story is is not legit, or he's got paperwork that shows who he gave the the the, the vaccines to because they have to then be signed up for their second vaccine, right? Um, right. For the for the booster in three or four weeks. Um, so, you know, it should be pretty easy to determine whether or not his story is true. And if it's true, then I would say, yeah, fine. Give him back his job. And if not, then he, he's got a, a case for wrongful dismissal. Exactly. So, yeah. I don't know. Weird stuff going on. People always trying to, uh, you know, everybody's trying to do the right thing, but I think a lot of times they're also just trying to do the thing that, that, you know, doesn't get the spotlight put on them so that the public can can make their life miserable you know yes. well, in this culture we have... i think a lot of people are running f- scared of being uh you know canceled by the cancel culture yes we have a a class of people now who are professionally outraged and mm-hmm. and that's how they generate clicks that's how they generate revenue that's how they that's how they make their money and so yeah. they have to find things to be outraged about all the time. Yeah. And we yeah. can make the well, choice it, to, not, to not give them a microphone. It used to be talk radio hosts. Those were the people who were professionally outraged, right? But now anybody right. can do it. You can go online. And if you can be bizarre enough to actually get a lot of people paying attention to you, um, you can make a pretty good living just, just going online and, and uh, posting videos and tweets. Uh you know, being being upset about this or that or the other, stirring people up, raking muck. You know, and if you if you get off Twitter, it's amazing how much happier you'll be. Twitter's <laughs> a cesspool; it really is. Yeah, I you know I think a lot of that too though is the um, you know who you follow and how you use it. You know, but it certainly can be if you get into any kind of. Uh, Anything that could be the the least bit controversial or or um, uh, political, yeah, you 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 will get inundated with with horrible stuff. You know, um, you know. I know there are some people who who use Twitter and it's uh, they use it for very siloed communities about like say you know archery or something like that, and those things aren't as bad. But even there, you'll you know. You use a, a, a forty three twenty one arrow. Well, only idiots would use a forty three twenty one. Right. You know, right. And you're like, oh man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like really because, you call yeah. me an idiot just because I picked because, this arrow over that arrow. Yes, yeah. because there's there's evidently power in in anonymity, and people feel like they can say whatever the hell they want because you don't know who they really are. Yeah. Yeah, or, there is that whole thing. Or they just they want to be that firebrand because they're building a brand, and uh, yeah. it, you know you're just a means to an end. Yeah, yeah. You know, I used to think that the anonymity was the major thing, but the fact of the matter is, is I think there's a lot of people who, whether they had an anonymity or not, they they're not face to face, and so they're willing to say horrible, awful things that they wouldn't say if they were like looking the person in the face. And and quite frankly, there's even people who that wouldn't matter. They're going to say horrible things right to your face just because, like you said, they're trying to build a brand as being fearless. And I'll I'll say my mind. I'll speak the truth. Right. You know? I'm keeping it yeah. real. 
Yeah, I hate it when they say things like, uh, you know, I'm just speaking the truth or my truth or I'm keeping it real or, you know, those kind of, of weird, you know, yes. excuses for being a horrible a person, yes. <laughs> you know, are, are just they're they're not acceptable. You know, if we were going to use cancel culture, those are the people that we should be using it on is, yes. uh, you know, if we're going to if we're going to arm cancel culture. So, uh, hey, did you hear what Taylor Swift is doing? Uh, no. <laughs> so, um, uh, I think the first six albums, six or seven albums that she released, uh, because she was new to the record business, she doesn't have control over those. Those were purchased by somebody else. So anytime somebody, you know, anytime one of those songs gets played or, or one of those pieces of music gets purchased, she doesn't make any money off them anymore because the rights to them were purchased by somebody as an investment. And so what she has said is she's basically going to go and re-record each of those songs, uh, the, the albums in their entirety, and re-release them. And so she's actually started that process. She says, I'm going to re-release each of them, and my fans will know to buy the the new stuff, the re-release oh. versions. Okay. Like back when she was a, a 17-year-old country music star? I think that's the plan. She's going to start right from the beginning and just re-record the first six albums and say, here's the first six al- albums revisited. And, uh, and you know, at least siphon off some of that money. I suppose there are those who will still buy the originals either not knowing or just prefer those recordings because, you know, they're not going to be exactly the same. And I'm sure her voice has changed as she's matured. But uh, but, uh, you know, I the way the music industry is structured so that the artist is, you know, we're talking about Britney Spears. All artists in the music industry are looked at as just a packaged product. And when they're done with you, they throw you away and they really you know, everything is set up to not give any money to the person who's actually creating all of this industry. And so yeah. to see to see artists try to take some of that back, I think, is a good thing, um, you know, and uh, and quite frankly, if there was ever an industry that uh, I wouldn't cry a tear over if it completely went away, it would be the recording industry as an industry and let the recording artists sell directly to Spotify and uh, and Apple Music and the like and cut the record company out, you know, completely. Um, yeah, it, it's a, it is an industry that is run by the devil himself. I, I, there's yeah. nothing redeemable about that industry as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, at one point in time they were necessary because you had to have the media to get the stuff out to people to sell it in stores. You had to sell physical discs and tapes and things like that. But even during that time, the record industry people took most of the profits, not the artists. So the artists, you know, have, have traditionally made their money touring they they get money from when people come to see them because they get almost nothing uh, from the actual sales of their music which yeah, you know um, it's interesting which is interesting because yeah. you know remember all those stories and i cut you off and i'm sorry all those stories no, of motown um you know barry gordy got filthy rich and his artists didn't right yeah 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 it's it's you know it's an age-old story right the uh the the rich guy says, "Come here, kid. I'll help you. I'll make you a star." And uh, you know, the sad thing is, is there's there's so many really really talented people out there. I mean, you know, you can go to any. Uh, well, now you can't, but you used to be able to go to any bar or to the side little side stages in Vegas and see you know no name bands that were really good. 
Uh, yep. You know, they they just so so the record guys knew this and said, well, you know, hey, we can uh, pay some songwriters to write some some catchy tunes and find anybody to sing it. And if you don't want to, if you don't want to sell your soul to us, we'll find somebody else. You know, and uh, and that's sort of been the tradition within the uh, music industry. So yeah, when things like Spotify and uh, and Apple Music and and even Napster back in the day started chipping away at that infrastructure i was like yeah fine go for it um you know they haven't fully transitioned yet though they're in this weird hybrid thing where there's still record companies that do a lot of licensing of their music and stuff you know and unless you're a really big name you're sort of at their will still you know but so many of them push out crap i mean it's just crap the, the, oh, yeah. the pop music that everything sounds like everything else, and you can't really even understand the 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 singer because they're so digitized that they don't even it, you know they doesn't it doesn't sound like a human voice anymore. Um, you know, there's and the, the lyrics are all fapid. I I just I listen mm-hmm. to and I love music of all different kinds, like you. I I love music, and so I I'm usually not um, uh, boxed in by genre. Like, I can mm-hmm. only listen to this kind of music or that kind of music, but pop music is awful. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of awful pop music, but that could have been said in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and the aughts just as well, you know? I mean, there's there's good music and bad music. My My experience has always been that I find that I tend to listen to music that's 10 to 15 years old because anything that's still being played or that's readily available now that's that age has stood the test of time and it's actually reasonably good. <laughs> but the stuff that's coming out is just the good stuff is so buried in. And I say this of, of all genres of, of music right now, whether it be, you know, pop or country, which is just a different flavor of country pop, right? It's what's popular in the country uh, genre. You know, it's like there's, if I turn on like top 40 radio oh, or top 40 country, I I can't listen to it because there'll be one good song and then a whole bunch of just something I can't stand here. It's bad. And so, uh, whereas if you listen to, you know, classic radio, um, or talk radio, uh, then, um, you know, with classic radio, you know, they're only playing the things that were hits from 10 years ago or 15 years ago or whatever. So, um, I would, I would argue, um, and I know you dismissed this, but I would argue that the pop music now is worse than it was in previous in previous decades mm-hmm. uh, because it's bringing you the likes of, you know, um, WAP and other really vulgar, disgusting music. Right. You know. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I just don't want to be that guy that goes, well, back in my day, the music was, you know, because each generation has sort of said that. So, you know, I, I'm trying to... You know, I think that there are a case can certainly be made for your point in that there are identifiable things that you can point to that say this is not as good Um, or it's, you know, it's not an artist creating music the way that musicality has always been expressed in the past because it's something that's being constructed by people with synthesizers and, and it's not something that can be performed live very well. In fact, a lot of these artists basically perform to a recorded track because they can't recreate that live because it's not really made by musicians. It's made by somebody in a computer, you know? 
you know, I don't if you look at that like that's an issue. Like back in the seventies, um, uh, the if you were even if you don't like disco, you have to recognize that the the artistry of some of those disco performers was tremendous. And you mm-hmm. know, I from from the Bee Gees to uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire to you know, and Stevie Wonder wasn't and, and not necessarily disco, but like pop, dance, funk, disco. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, uh, you know, the Commodores, the, uh, you know, all of those artists were just amazing, talented people, incredibly talented artists. Um, and I don't, I, you know, who is that person now in the pop yeah. genre? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I mean, I remember the the huge arguments that were being had in that industry at the, you know, tail end of the 70s, the, sort of as disco was going out about synthesizers and, you know, is that really music because it's a computer that's generating it and and there was people who stood and said, you know, that's not really music because you you basically set up the MIDI sequence and then just hit play when you're ready to go play live because it's just repeating what you did because it's a computer. And, you know, that has, I think, gone to its logical conclusion, which is it's all just a computer now. Um, Yes. You know, it's you know, people aren't playing instruments like literally you can you can create a complete uh, orchestrated sound with multi tracks by just singing into your computer and not playing a single instrument and by literally taking every single note and constructing the song the way you want. Yeah. you know, and it's and it's available on laptops. So um, the fact that music has gone to that is not surprising. But what's amazing about the music industry is there's still people playing banjos, and you know, and and you can go find bluegrass music that's played the way it has been played for a hundred years. And, uh, and so I, I think that's it. cool that, of that diversity. You know, I mean the 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 pop music that you and I don't like. Obviously, somebody likes it. They're listening to it. And so, you know, fine. They can listen to it. I don't have to. Right. You know, but I don't disagree with you. I think some of the the uh, the topics and the oohs and ahs and uh and stuff, you know, but that's no worse than, you know, shimmy, shimmy, cocoa bop. I mean, it's it's nonsensical. And, and half the time, I mean, you can't understand what what, uh, uh, you know half of the Rolling Stones songs say so Mick has never been really good at enunciating so you know um, I guess what I'm saying is is that yeah I think you're probably right you know but I don't know that it matters if they're able to you know if an artist is able to create what they want to create or if a you know I say artist in air quotes because sometimes an artist is a conglomerate of people putting something together you know and then one face out front you know the uh the weekend standing out there in front, um, you know, it's like, eh, whatever, but you're right. You know, who is that, that, uh, who is that person that's make, you know, making music that's at the forefront of stuff? I mean, I guess arguably you could say it's, you know, Taylor Swift's out there, but there's not a lot of, of, um, uh, like protest songs or, or, you know, there's no Crosby, Stills and Nash now, um, you know. But those yeah. who, who listen to a lot more pop music than I might be able to pick some people out and say, well, this person protests about this. And, you know, there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, pop and rap artists who who talk about social commentary all the time, you know, and about, you know, what it's like to be uh, 
you know, in the downtrodden in the society. So growing up it's on the main streets. So it's just not the music that you and I want to listen to because we're true. old. I'm old. <laughs> we're old. We listen to the good music and get off my lawn while we're at it. <laughs> <laughs> while we're talking about it. Hey, yesterday... I had something from um, Miguel's, which is a restaurant I, I like, you know, for, 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 uh, I used to say for cheap Mexican food, but it, it is not really cheap, but it's, it's, it's more Mexican food than Del Taco. Um, I had something off their menu that I had not had before. What was that? A chili relleno burrito. Oh, Tobin likes those. Yeah, it's a bean rice and cheese burrito with a chili relleno in it, where they've pulled the stem off, so you don't have to pick that out of your teeth. Um, it was quite good. Yeah, my daughter Jensen really likes those. And so I tried one yesterday for the first time, and I really liked it. I like a chili relleno, and, and very often when I'm at a, a Mexican restaurant, I will I will get one. I know my dad used to judge the restaurant by that. You know, It's like, is this any good or not? Well, how well do they make a chili relleno? And it's like, hey, I like the burrito. It was pretty good. It was good. All veggie for those non-meat eaters out there. And I uh, am. Yeah. I haven't been to a Miguel's in forever. Yeah. It's not vegan, by the way, because it does have cheese. But uh, all veggie. I'm not vegan anymore anyway, so. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that for those who who might, you know, I just want to clarify. It's veggie and cheese. And cheese. And cheese. Well, and I, I would bet you um, uh, cash money that the uh, that the uh, refried beans aren't really all vegan either. <laughs> well, no, they're. I'm sure they're fried in lard. I've actually yeah, used I mean, before, and I think that yeah, they use lard. Yeah, because it's better. It tastes better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it, funny. I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say Disney took in I was I was going to change the subject. So if you had something else to say about that. All I was going to say was I happened to see a show where a guy was uh talking about different foods and stuff and he talked to a guy who runs one of the commercial kitchens that develops uh food for different restaurants, not McDonald's, but he happened to ask the guy. He says, "You know, why are McDonald's fries not as good as they used to be?" And he says, "You want some McDonald's fries that are as good as they used to be?" He says, "Yeah." He says, "I can make them for you." And so he made him French fries that were apparently just the same. He says they were the way I remembered them, the way McDonald's used to be. And the major difference was lard, beef tallow. Yeah, cooking cooking them in lard instead of in instead of in uh, vegetable, and they fry up. They're fluffier. They're lighter. It's just yep. it's a different. It's a different. You know, creates a different product than vegetable based oils. So he said, "Yeah, you want the same thing with like you want you want a really flaky pie crust." He says. Lard, you know, or butter. Butter fat helps too. Doesn't mean it's healthy, but um, better than some well, hydrogenated vegetable oils. Anyway, you wanted to talk about Disney. Well, you know, and speaking of healthy, I don't know anybody who eats French fries and and uh, is worried yeah. about their, health, their French fries for crying out loud. Yeah, it's like back in the day when William, the refrigerator Perry of the Chicago Bears, was doing McDonald's commercial. I'll have. Three Big Macs, four French fries, and a Diet Coke. And then the, <laughs> then the music came in, just for the taste of it, just for the fun of it, Diet Coke. 
Yeah, this man's 320 pounds and he's <laughs> and a Diet Coke. <laughs> so Disney apparently took in nearly five billion. That's with a B. Uh, dollars less in revenue over the over these just over the holidays mm. so the coronavirus continued to hammer disney in the final months of 2020 with the company's revenue dropping 22 percent now five billion dollars is only 22 percent of their re- revenue yeah um uh, which is scary in so, itself so the, what was that <laughs> how big is big i said that's scary in itself you know how big is big right when so, five billion dollars um, is you know a fifth of your revenue. So for the entertainment giants, fiscal 2021's first quarter, which uh, ran from October through December, apparently their fiscal year is aligned with the federal fiscal year. Uh, Disney saw revenue go from 20.9 billion in 2019 to 16.3 billion in the same period in 2020. Um, and it's really mostly coming from their theme parks, but I'm sure also from their movies. Um, the yeah. Revenue, which which comes heavily from advertising, merchandise, TV, and digital subscriptions is slightly better than the than analysts had predict, predicted. Um, the company did make money, but by a much reduced margin. Um, its operating income plunged from about four billion to just one point three billion in twenty twenty. So, um, Disney's Plus streaming service, as you might imagine, was a bright spot. However, um, that did better than they than they thought. So yeah. or we had originally predicted. So, yeah, actually, the the that uh, ha, they have ninety five uh, million subscribers, paying subscribers. They just announced that this week, and so COVID, you know, their timing has actually been really good for launching an online service during COVID, and it's forcing them them to take a bunch of their movies that would have been in theaters and put them on the streaming service, which I think is bringing a lot more subscribers in. It'll be interesting to see how many of those subscribers they maintain when movies are able to go back to theaters and whether, you know, and they won't put some of those big blockbusters there. But, um, you know, as far as like libraries of old movies, Disney has, I think, probably one of the best out there in terms of if you have young children, they've got a, you know, just a giant, uh, uh, you know, footlocker full of. Uh, old Disney animated films and all those, you know, that darn cat and those kinds of things that were were live action films that were are, are family safe and family friendly. And there's a lot of nostalgia there. So there's a lot of, you know, just Disney fans out there who, would, you know, hey, it's Disney. Of course, we're going to subscribe to that so we can watch all of our old Disney shows and show them to our kids. So then them growing up will they'll remember, you know, Herbie the Love Bug and things like that. Yes. Well, and apparently Disney also owns Hulu, which makes sense because you can watch pretty yeah. much anything from ABC on Hulu. And so yeah. and Hulu has been doing really well as people have been yeah. upgrading their memberships because they want to be able to get more things like we did. You know, we had the basic commercial free streaming um, for Hulu, but then we upgraded so that we could get more things. Right. Hulu was uh, originally started as a consortium between NBC, ABC, and Fox. CBS chose to opt out, so they have their own online presence. But that way they got an online presence before they were able to build out like their own you know, branded ones. And then ABC bought Fox television um, uh, assets, and so they now own the majority. They're the majority owner of Hulu, even though because AB, um, uh, ABC is a Disney um, uh, entity as well. Yes, so, it is. Uh, so, and so NBC is still a part owner in, in Hulu as well. Um, but they but, launched uh, their own Peacock 
network. They they do, yeah. So we don't know how much they're going to continue to put stuff into Hulu. Right now, you can watch NBC stuff on Hulu, but I'm sure they're going to start migrating as much as they can. Um, which is an irritation, but it is you know fact of life. Yep, it is an Five irritation. Bucks here, six bucks there, seven bucks here. You know, it's like ah. Um, but um, yeah, so you know Disney and. Uh, they're not, I mean, their revenue's down, but I think that, that this is a, they were perfectly positioned in terms of having a, a strong online presence for COVID. And, you know, I think that they can look at their losses in, 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 in current revenue as an investment in future revenue by building out these streaming uh, things. And I, and I think that's kind of how they're looking at it. And oh, I'm so, sure. Uh, you know they're they're saying yeah, but but this is also forcing lots and lots of people to to pick streaming options, and we're one of the streaming options that they seem to be picking pretty regularly, and so that's you know a good thing for us. So we'll see how many people you know pay to 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 see the Peacock shows versus um, you know the the stuff that's on Hulu. It's interesting to see to me too. There's a new marketing thing going on with TV shows. Used to be. There were streaming shows. There were online shows. There have been several shows now that a couple different networks are trying where they show two or three or four episodes of a show and then say, and now if you want to watch the rest of it, it's available on streaming. So you could watch it on NBC, you know, our local channel four or channel seven for ABC, but you only get a couple episodes. And now if you want to finish watching that series, you know, you like those characters, we've got you hooked. Now you got to go subscribe to finish watching it. Well, that's clever and annoying at the same time. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it's an interesting marketing idea. I hope it fails miserably because I hate that. <laughs> you know, on the flip side, I guess you get a taste of something and then decide whether it's worth subscribing, you know, if there's more there that you like or that you want to watch. So I like playing games on my phone. And one of the things that I hate where is here, you can have this for free, but if you want to do anything right from the start, want to do anything on your, in this particular game, you have to buy something. It's yeah. like, I haven't even decided if I like it. Yeah. You know, I refuse to take part in those kinds of games. I, if, if I find that out on a game, I just, I remove it from my phone immediately. I, I won't play it. I just won't do it. And, and in fact, if I find that it's one of those that, you know, you can buy more, you know, bits of gum or whatever the you know their their currency is within the game uh you know hamburgers for for homer or whatever um you know if i can play it a little bit without that and 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 that's an optional thing to get ahead quicker then i might continue to play it if i like the game but uh i have never for any game on my phone or otherwise paid money to advance myself on the game I can say I have that if I absolutely. like the game because you know the developer's yeah. got to get paid. So yeah. You know. Oh, I don't begrudge them getting paid, but I I would I would rather pay a flat fee up front for a no hidden Me too. buy my way to get better thing, and I would pay more up front. You know, I would you know I mean I I don't I wouldn't you know if it's a game that I know I'm going to like, I wouldn't I'd I'd pay you know not just that ninety nine cents or dollar twenty nine or whatever I'd pay ten bucks to play a game that I knew I liked and was going to come back to, you know. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's why I actually, um, as part of, I, I have the uh, Apple package of services, um, largely because I was already paying that exact amount 
for the three services that I had. So I said, well, I'll continue to pay the exact amount and you give me the other four services that you now offer. So I'm now getting seven services. I don't really use those other four services that much to this point. But one of them is um, Apple, what do they call it? Uh, it's not Apple Gaming, but it's Apple something like that. I don't know. A Apple, it's not Play Store. Apple, what is it called? Apple Schmapple? Is that it? I have no Apple idea. Play. I think it's called oh Apple Arcade. There you go. It's arcade. There you go. So you, you play a you pay a flat fee to to be a member of Apple Arcade, and it's if it's a as a standalone, I think it's it's four ninety nine, so it's five bucks. Um, but you can also get it as part of the app one of the Apple bundles, and they always will maintain at least a hundred games. They're adding new games all the time, and all of the games are completely free. There's no add in. There's no additional costs. And they've got them of all different kinds. They've got, you know, shoot 'em up games. They've got, uh, you know, crossy road type games. They've got, I mean, and they're all pretty good. I mean, I've played with a few of them. And the nice thing is, is you can download and play them on your Apple TV, on your iPad, your iPhone. Um, all the games are designed to work in all of those different places. And, uh, and, and they don't cost you anything more. <laughs> ever oh you've that's paid... great. i didn't even know about that todd yeah you you've paid your five bucks and you're done and you can download the games and play them to your heart's desire huh yeah and that way you know i don't feel bad about that because then the the uh the developers are getting a cut they're all getting paid and as long as their store their game is still on the store and i think that they keep them on the store but they do occasionally um like if it's not, they're not getting many downloads, then they they pull old ones out. Or a couple of them, they had a deal where it was ex exclusive to the Apple Store for, you know, six months or a year, and then after that, then they were available other places outside the Apple Apple Arcade. But uh, yeah, they've got a lot of, and they've got like, um, you know, a Pac-Man game and a and a Sonic Hedgehog game in here and a SpongeBob game, and there's a bunch of games that are in the, you know. Sneaky Sasquatch is in their most popular. Uh, Sneaky Sasquatch? Uh, yeah. That's kind of hilarious. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know the specifics of that game. Sneaky Sasquatch. Boy, that's hard to say. Sneaky Sasquatch. Uh, live the life of a, of a Sasquatch and do regular everyday Sasquatch stuff like sneak around campsites, disguise yourself in human clothing, Eat food from unguarded coolers and picnic baskets. Play a quick nine holes on the golf course. Go fish. It's, it's all kind of, you're basically a Sasquatch living in a, in the woods. So That's awesome. apparently it's it's five stars, you know. And, and they even rate like they have a they have a, a, a something positive and something negative, and both of them gave it five stars. So so apparently it's a well liked game. Well, now I want to check it out. Sneaky Sasquatch. I will check yeah. it out. Yeah, I think if you haven't signed up for it to Apple Arcade, you can get like uh, uh, when you sign up, you you have the option of like canceling within a month for no charge, initially. So you get like a free month if you want to try it. But uh, yeah, oh. Apple Arcade. If you just go to the Apple App Store, um, one of the tabs is Arcade, and uh, and in there are a whole bunch of games, and you can look at it without actually buying them, but you can um, look at the games that are available, and there's tons of them, just tons of them. So cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, um, uh, apparently, the the East Coast is getting absolutely hammered with uh, with snow and uh, crazy U.S. weather. 
Um, yeah. Just make I'm just noting that because I'm glad I don't live in, you know, New York. The Pacific Northwest is getting it too. Apparently, as far south as Portland, they're getting a lot of snow. So, winter's coming a little a little later this year for a big chunk of the country. But yeah, uh, you know, we've got relatives in the Virginia area, and my sister texted me yesterday and said, "Well, it's snowing outside <laughs> again." <laughs> so, so yeah, they're they're bundling down. They're bundling down, and they've decided they've got to lose weight. So they're they're dieting and bundling at the same time, which. It sounds like a house of cranky people. <laughs> yes, seriously. So, uh, you know, good luck to them. Good luck to them. <laughs> Hope that they're healthy, that they lose weight, and that they don't, you know, eat each other in the blizzard. Um, hmm. So, so yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if we might cut out a little early today. I have a big meeting uh, in about 20, about 19 minutes that I need to. Sure. Well, let's just call it a myself day. For. Let's call it a Friday. You have a happy, slappy weekend, and everybody listening, I hope you have a wonderful time. Um, we appreciate your your time listening to us, and we uh, hope that you will come back and bring a friend. There you go. I'm Todd. Yeah, I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great weekend, everybody. Well, thank you.